0: What's his idea? You heard. It's a television show designed to give us penetration and peak reaction. Don't you ever listen? Sounds great, for It's Great, doesn't it, man?
1: Uh, I, 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 I don't really do. <laughs> but what is his idea for the show? I don't see why you have to be so
0: damned negative. The only things you ever come up with are lousy ideas like treasure hunts.
1: Hello, listening people. Hello. Hello, Bartek. It's me, your fellow co-host Ryan, and I'm going to ask you, how are you doing?
0: Yeah, I know who you are. You didn't have to tell me that. I'm Bartek. I'm doing well.
1: Are you doing well? Are you doing well? Duh, duh, duh. Sorry, musical number the was about to fuck kick fuck in. Fuck, are you doing? I was just. I was feeling very musical, and then I realized. Do we get demonetized if I swear that early. Oh, you, we too late. Oh, shit. Too late. You fucked it. You oh, ruined it. Fuck, you cunt. You such dirty a cunt. dog. You were,
0: I was going to say cunt, but then you did.
1: I, mean, I got you I'm more Australian than you. I got there first. That's why we're called Spit and Polish, because luckily, we were always spitting, and one of us is more Australian than the other Australian <laughs> well, polish. I am, I am.
0: I am. A self-described fake australian
1: my english is my first and only language while english is your second language and mm-hmm. and, and more technically prominent a, yeah one. my
0: primary and second
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's your primary in the fact that you use it the most but it was the second one you learned
0: that's literally it, yes that,
1: that's facts and we yeah. are a fact-based podcast the polish which...
0: word for fact is fucked is it <laughs> yeah f-a-k-t fucked
1: Hey Katie, That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. Poland, you're off the hook this time, <laughs> but if I hear about Ubi Grubi Kwanzaa, whatever the <laughs> fuck that was. I can't even remember what that was anymore. There was a big move, fat liar. Big fat liar. And it was in Polish. It was.
0: Uh, well, I mean, I didn't check the official title, but I translated the words to grubi grube Kwanzaa. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, ubi gubi Kwans. Yeah, <laughs> I've always left it. Does that annoy you ever? When I no, say, not at all. I'm I'm like...
0: touched by the fact that something from the very first episode is still prominent. And... It's in my brain.
1: But yeah. <laughs> uh, we are here to talk about a movie that came recommended. Our show is Pictures Power, in which we do that. We get a movie that comes recommended, whether it's from yourself, Bartek, from me, or from a listening person. Last episode, we had our fellow podcasters, the Contrarians, on, and. Julio, one of the hosts over there, recommended a movie. He wanted us to come onto their show to do it, but you had already put your foot down on what movie you want to do on their show (laughs) one day. Keep an eye on that space. So Julio said, fine, you've twisted my arm and my nipples. Uh, You will have to do it on your podcast, and I'll just have to listen to it and cry in the corner if you don't like it. What movie was recommended? What are we talking about?
0: We are talking about a film from 1967. Mm Mm-hmm. Titled, uh, How to Succeed at Business Without Really Trying.
1: Yes, yes. So, people, it's a musical from the 60s. It's See it for yourself if you haven't seen it already. I, I don't know if there's a way to... I mean, there's spoilers, I guess. He, he proceeds to su- hmm. succeed at business without really trying. Uh, spoiler. He, to he, be fair, he, he does try quite a bit. Well, he tries... To do other things very, very much. So he tries? Yeah, romance. He kind of tries. Kind of falls into his lap, so we'll get into it. History, relationship, uh, Bartek, anything?
0: Uh, I don't think I'd heard of this ever.
1: Not even as a stage musical?
0: Don't think so, no.
1: Because you seem to, in your adolescence, seem to have been a little bit more in, like, familiar with that scene. Your schools did various kind of plays and... You know, you're in Melbourne, so you got to be more aware of, like, going to see stuff or aware of seeing stuff. So I thought maybe this may have come across your desk at some point during your years as a musical that you're at least aware of. No, must have slipped the radar. Wow. I'm so sorry. Uh, I've seen this before, the this movie. I, I think I m- missed the last 15 minutes of it. It was on television. Mm-hmm. There was ad breaks and whatever, and I thought it was a very fun movie. I like the premise. I like the uh, pitch of it, Uh, but it's been so long since I've watched it. I I only kind of remember the bare basics. I remembered some characters, the premise of the movie where this guy goes from window cleaner to basically the president of the, well, the chairman of the company. That was kind of obvious, and uh, I remembered it was a musical, but the thing that was the major gray area for me was I could not remember a single musical number from this movie, mm-hmm. from this musical. Even with some musicals that I don't like or ones I haven't even seen, I could tell you like what the song is from that. This one, I, I couldn't tell you what the song is from this. Uh, I haven't seen any uh, production of this live as a stage musical. I wouldn't object to it. I really remember there was the bit in the movie where he encounters somebody else with the book and I remember that being a clever little twist because I was thinking, when is that going to happen? And I thought, oh, they're not going to do it and then they did it and it was really fun. And um, I like some of the actors involved. The lead actor uh, who recently passed away was uh, one of the main bosses and characters in the television series Mad Men, which I've recently finished watching through for the first time, and he was one of my favorite characters in Mad Men and very different to how he is here. Although, in his uh, one of his last episodes, he did get a musical number. They they, they held off, and then in the last one, of the last ones, he gets a big musical number and it's one of the most like, whoa, what the fuck was this moment? In Mad- because Mad Men is like a show that could be really weird sometimes, mm. and that was an example of it being weird. But for those people who knew who this actor was, you're sitting there going, when's he going to sing and dance? <laughs> and then he did. And they went to season seven.
0: Yeah, I've never seen Mad Men, so I didn't realize it was the type of show that would do something weird like that.
1: Yeah, there are episodes where uh, this isn't the one, but there's a great episode where uh, the office is stressed and whatever. So, and this is a real thing that happened in the back in the day. They hired this doctor chemist guy to just inject them with a shitload of drugs so that they could work better. And this whole episode was just like Don Draper and the whole entire office just off their tits on drugs. And Kenny Cosgrove, who's the lead guy. In L.A. Noire, the video game, mm-hmm. he does a full tap dance musical number in front of uh, John Hamm as uh, uh, Don Draper. And he John Hamm has the best like straight man expression of all time. He just looks bewildered at what's happening in front of him right now as this guy is giving a full tap dance mm-hmm. number in front of his fucking face. So it's mm-hmm. a show that could get weird. So do you recommend Mad Men? It's actually an interesting com- companion piece with this because it does deal with the world of business and advertising, so... Sure, I recommend it. Uh, so, what did you think of the this film? Your first time viewing, your first piece of... Did you have... So, you had no knowledge of anything that was going to happen in this, even once it started to unfold? I don't think I did, no.
0: Um, definitely, you know, being a musical, which is a type of thing that isn't too uh, complex on story beats. Like, you made a little joke earlier about, like, oh, don't want to spoil the film... I feel like with a lot of musicals, even if you, like, walk in knowing every single plot beat, it's more about the execution and like, mm. the style and the rhythm and stuff like that. Um, so, no, I didn't really know anything walking in. Um, but listening to what you were saying just there about uh, a whole slew of topics, like the songs and, and uh, you know, what the main thing is, uh, waiting for the book thing to happen, I think I did have uh, similar experiences overall. I liked it. Um, but there were just a few areas where I was thinking, like, oh, I wish we could have had a bit more of this, or you know, I wish this mm. could be a little bit more exciting, or something
1: like that. Yeah, it's a lot of mixed feelings. How about you, Ryan? Well, you made a comment at the end of last episode where you said, "Oh, it's a '60s musical, Ryan," and you said in this tone, "Like, I'm not going to like that," even though I don't <laughs> think I really said that I don't like '60s musicals. It's more the '60s in general. I'm that's fair. Yeah. Blind on bud. <laughs> Boy, did those words ring true when I watched this. Because I I didn't hate, I felt absolutely nothing from any of the songs. I'm sorry, Julio, you're a big musical guy. I'm a bit-I I like musicals too. This is one of those musicals. Stage musicals. Era, this came from musicals in which it is. People sing songs. Are the songs particularly striking no but they're singing them because it's a musical yeah i liked everything outside of the actual musical sequences i the, the dancing's great the dancing and the visuals are great it's the songs themselves i, I couldn't tell you a single one right now mm-hmm. groundhogs that's the one i could tell you about because it's in my brain. I'm, like, remembering yeah. the visuals of it. But I couldn't tell you how it was sang. E-
0: even, yeah, even myself, I could probably name a few of them. But there were others where I can, like, point out that they exist, but not the name. Like, The Secretary Is Not A Toy. Yep. Um, I've even forgotten the name of the one that gets sung twice. <laughs> yeah. Brotherhood of
1: Men. Men, I think. Of Men. Yeah, it's- Men of Brotherhood. I, the, the songs do nothing for me. It is, a to me, it is one of those musicals in which it is, they could have a song about anything. Hello, I'm working in the mail room and I do mail. Da, 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 and it just fills out space for mm-hmm. the story to continue and the movie to happen. And if you stripped away the music and made this just a madcap 60s farce, I don't think much is lost because the movie is that outside of the musical numbers. And I think... It, I know the musical fans who are ripping their hair out. I'm sorry, I don't hate them. There was no song I rolled my eyes at, going, "Oh, this fucking sucks." It was yeah. just more, okay, all right. Here we go. It's a musical number. It reminded me of there were some moments like that in Oliver mm. when we did that movie, where it was like, "Oh, you know," but that had more memorable one, songs, of yeah. course. But there and were, also more in general. Yeah, yeah and yeah, but. That musical, you know, isn't for me as much, but I would say there were there was plenty of songs, but there were some songs in that movie that I was just like, eh, you know, it's a musical. Mm. We have to have a song.
0: Yeah, definitely for me. Like, I, in general, I tend to... Well, I don't want to say I like them more than you do or anything like mm. that, but generally I do gravitate towards them a bit more, I think. Mm. Um, and with this one, like, obviously there were a lot of songs in this that had, like, very interesting choreography, like a lot of interesting oh, yeah. dancing. But then there were some that were just really subdued. And short. And short. Like, the the second song in the mailroom, where it was just, like, mm. two guys standing next to each other, and they were doing, like, recurring moves and things like that, but yeah. it was very conversational. And then the
1: Rosemary song, when they're on the stairs, is just one shot. See, I was fine with that one, because it was more an emphasis on her physical performance and voice, and that's, yeah. like, one of the ones, like, because they do repeat that song. Or at least the emphasis on what she's saying in that song a couple of times but like that one I was fine with because also in musicals you do just have you do tend to have one of those. the least, the yeah. powerhouse song especially from the female who's just is just stationary and that was fine a yeah, song from like, the heart yeah and it made and I understood what the message of it was I'm like okay this is a song mm. you make this into a song not so much the secretaries are taking their shoes off <laughs> <laughs> I mean that was fine I don't know it was, a, it was a song. I
0: liked that one but i i was I kept waiting for, like, the song to start on that. I'm like, oh, no, it's it's just a little soundscape looking thing. Yeah, there was,
1: there was, yeah, a couple of times I'm like, oh, the song's
0: over now. Oh, wait, no, it's still going. Especially because we'd only had, like, one song at that point. So I was like, oh, here's the second song. Mm. Oh, they're really setting this up for a long time. Oh, it's over.
1: Which song was it where uh, one of the manager guys, I'm forgetting which one, there's so many of them, basically, is just like... Uh, to all the other men he says like don't you do this blah 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 and they're like okay and then once he leaves they freeze and then they start tiptoeing and singing and you're like oh it's getting into musical number And then the camera pans away and the music kind of stops and then it starts going to somewhere elsewhere and it just kind of travels around yeah that
0: one i think that one was a secretary is not a toy oh okay and then it was like he was singing the words and then you know he left and they kind of stopped and then they were starting
1: it up and then like the full number began so it was like Ooh. yeah i but see this is i so you sound a little bit in agreement with me where the musical song like the actual songs left you feeling a bit cold
0: uh, yeah that that's the element that i kind of wanted a bit more from like that one is generally fine you no know, it's a full-length song that you go through a bunch of sets um bunch of choreography i like the three guys like with their backs turned like Mm. the the squatting or whatever it's called yeah um yeah that one i I generally like but then there were just other ones where like you said there wasn't as much going on Mm. The, the one with the the rosemary singing from the heart like again the point was good there but it was you know one still shot the whole time so it was like
1: but then sometimes they could be really elaborate with great environments and really creative uses of space, like the song in the gentleman's bathroom where they have all those mirrors and mm. they're grabbing their jackets and then coming back. That was like, Oh, this is an this is an interesting space to have a musical number and they're really taking advantage of this. But then there are some where it's like they're standing out front of an elevator mm. and the elevator door opens and then the song ends. It's-
0: yeah, what was that? It's been a long day or something?
1: Yeah, whichever yeah. one it was where he's blackmailing them mm. the uh the um nephew. He's blackmailing them and they're like was the they're reprise. blackmail in the air. Yeah, it was and... like
0: the reprise of the song that was just sung by three other characters.
1: Yeah. But uh that's my big negative. I love the movie. Otherwise I love the characters. I love the sense of humor. Again, I think the premise is really clever and it explores it really well. I love the ending of the movie. (laughs) I I I got a good laugh from the ending. Mm -hmm. I love our performers. They're all doing a marvelous job. I love the color palette of the movie. I love how absolutely unabashedly uh, sixties it is. And Satirical and also capitalist, and I love almost. Uh, see, I love almost everything about a movie except one of the key components, which is what genre it is. Which is musical. <laughs> I would just watch this as a normal film. I, I don't know. It didn't really service that function for myself, but th- that's the thing too. There aren't that many musical numbers yet. There are, and yet they cut some. I read. Oh, it's really? like Songs they cut because they didn't have enough time. I'm like, oh, really? it seems like you wanted to cut a few more buddy yeah because not yeah because not
0: yeah not only were there not all that many but there are sections of the film where there's like long gaps between them Mm -hmm. like again with the the what we thought was going to be the second song where like the secretaries were like making sounds with all their makeup and stuff like it had been a little while since that first song which sort of started the movie and then the next one was like I, I'm not even getting. To guess what it was. It's probably The Secretary is not a toy one. But mm-hmm. a lot of things happen between the two songs there. And even mm-hmm. other points in the movie, there's, you know, large gaps.
1: Yeah, I wanted the book to have a musical number. Yeah. I <laughs> I wanted the guy who does the voiceover for the book to be involved in songs. Yeah, I, and I, he he wasn't.
0: Yeah, I haven't vocalized this yet. But I also really love the premise of, like, you know, he just buys the book. You've got the narrator, like, reading the things out. And I was like, oh, the, the whole movie's going to be, you know, him... Uh, doing what the book is suggesting and it's going to be like you know kind of that's going to be the structure of the film and um i was actually a little bit bummed out at uh points where it had been a while since we heard from the book and it was Mm -hmm. like oh are we just abandoning the premise well
1: in all fairness he was doing what the book told him but it takes a while to get to them because there are all these people obstructing him or himself or the romance and So that was okay. In in
0: retrospect, yeah, the the escalation of, like, the effort it needs to put out. Like, specifically, I'm thinking of the point where he'd gotten the the second job after the mailroom, and, Mm -hmm. like, he had to... The junior executive, and he had to get an office. Yeah, and he had to get an outside person to help him... you know, progress, I think was the narrator's words.
1: Yeah. It's like, someone
0: unexpected is going to be the next key to your success. Yes. And that one, like, took a little while. We, I think we went through even, like, two songs before yeah. that happened. That's that's it. Okay. And also, yeah, when when he comes across someone who also has the book, like, mm-hmm. I was, like, you know, sh- rubbing my hands, like, this is great.
1: Did this you is. guess that before it was revealed?
0: When, when the character... He's had some either line or look where, like, he he was like, I know what you're doing. And I was like, oh, he has the book. <laughs> and I was really hoping that that character would actually be around a little bit longer. Because- I know. Yeah, that was one of my really big disappointments. Like, oh, there was so much potential there. Like a like a rival who's like yeah. a more experienced version of you. And I I did like that character's ending cuz it was funny. It but... was
1: very it was un and it, like it was unexpected. I forgot <laughs> what I remembered, and this is like a Mandela effect or like Maybe this is in the stage. I don't know. I was, I, for some reason, the one thing I remembered was him reading the book and it saying, what happens when you find somebody else with the book? I thought that was a thing in the movie, oh, okay. but instead he just, just did
0: it. And like, yeah, he pulls out the book and reads it, but you don't hear anything.
1: No, no, not for him. But I was expecting like our main character to figure out that he had the book and then he had to read the book to figure out what happens when somebody else has the book. But instead he just figures out like, I can't remember. did he even find out that the guy had the book? No, he didn't. Ex- yeah, that's like one of those things I was, I forget. That, that, see, it's very creative, very clever that they came up with that. But I think you could see if this was a musical, you're going to have time to explore that. Yeah. More. And, and there was also, I
0: only thought of this right now, but like the potential of later on he reads that if you're in this specific job, you're kind of fucked. That yeah. character was not that specific job, so there could have been some play... Mm-hmm. Oh, on on that fact going on. I didn't even think of that until just now. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a thinker. It's a thinker. Mm. Uh, can I guess your favorite character?
0: I don't think I picked one, so go ahead.
1: Is it Bigly, the boss? It might be Bigly, actually. It has to be. That's a <laughs> you type character. Yeah, now That's that you who you would it. want to play. Yeah, it'd be fun to play, wouldn't it? <laughs> <he? laughs> Especially in his golf outfit. <laughs> where he knitted cr- his own j- jumper. He put the poofy balls on yeah. his sleeves yeah. yeah i thought when i was watching this i'm like this is such a bartek type character <laughs> with his old chippering guy and he always has to put on his glasses just to take them off again and he's always like agreeing to anything anyone says except for when he disagrees that they make him agree anyway and i love one of my favorite gags with him which is a marvelous piece of timing where our main character it's like the end of the movie where he's like he just sung the song about you know uh, the man being a man. What was it? The Brotherhood of Man. Men of Brotherhood. Yeah. One yeah of and them. Um, he he's convincing the chairman of all this, and he just casually throws in, and that's why the the president is going to resign. And then <laughs> yeah. <see> he's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. "What the? No, I'm not." And that was a good moment. That, I was like, "This is yeah. just
0: such a zing how, zing zinger." Especially for how that character is introduced. Like he comes across very much like. What's that guy from that? From Potter from um, Christmas. Uh, what a wonderful life. Yes. It's a wonderful life. Like, it felt like, oh, he's just going to be, you know, that kind of grumpy Gus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, you get a real, I almost want to say cute side to him with, like, how giddy he gets he's on a, certain He's things. a child. He's a, yeah. little, he's a little boy. Who... He's, not, he's not just that, you know, grumpy Potter character. Like, he, he genuinely gets enthusiastic <laughs> when you, you know, match his interests, even and, in this powerful position. And he's dumb.
1: And he's very dumb. Uh, Unlike Potter, who's very smart Mm -hmm. and evil. Uh, He's very dumb. uh, He was not my favorite character. My favorite character has to be... uh, you know what's weird? I don't know why I liked him so much, but I like the head of the mailroom, the little guy, and just mm. every time we kept seeing him pop up in the movie, and he's like bragging about how he, he made the, him, like our main character every time, <laughs> he's like hi, yeah, I helped him get where he is today, and he's like, I've been working <laughs> here 25 years, and then the same actor got to be the chairman of the board at the end like for some reason it's the same actor did you know that? Oh, no I didn't <laughs> mm-hmm. it's him in old person makeup, and that's also why he's like extremely Small, like five foot two or three (laughs) in a cast of people, like five foot ten or six foot two or something ludicrous. We Uh, had like the male
0: lead, like, you know, be shorter than the female lead. Yes, he was
1: five foot five, Mm. I do believe. So he wasn't that tall. But uh, and I liked our lead. I thought uh, Robert Morse does a great job performing this character. I thought he has so many incredible touches of playing an absolute weasel. I just kept saying what a fucking worm a corrupt little weasel he did this thing and he did it to both men and women when he was really like trying to figure out an angle on them he would bring his nose right up to their nose like he would just get in their face get in Mm. their proximity but not in an intimidating way but just in an uncomfortable faux friendly fashion Mm. and he's just inspecting them like they're a like an artifact or something just a puzzle to solve and i thought that was a really great acting touch to Mm. the character because he made me uncomfortable but also i was rooting for him because the premise of the movie is so fun that you want to see a character do the premise yeah
0: to take advantage of the capitalist system to further your own end Yeah. yeah Yeah. yeah, I lo- and I loved all his like little recurring gags. Like every time he'd say his name, like just go straight laced. Like oh, F I N C H, things like that. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. grin whenever he gets an idea. It's like oh, I know
1: what he's thinking. Yeah, he's going to exploit this. Yeah, <laughs> to some degree. Also, just whenever he had to consult the book in like a high pressure situation, and nobody would comment on it really. Yeah. It's just like he's got this book right there. And he's reading it out loud, and no one's really noticing because they're so self self obsessed. Hmm great dancer as well did marvelous job dancing Uh, you know that's where you get the lead for right Mm. and he doesn't come across when you look at him like he's going to be the fred astaire type or the gene kelly type but boy can he dance he was just so good at the numbers i i I especially like the the physical comedy he would bring to it as well the the farce that the when he was in the boss's office with the secretary his, his secretary and then his actual love interest and the all of that crazy nonsense of trying to hide her in the shower, and oh no, he's actually kissing her, and then he realizes he wants to marry the one he's actually in love with, and oh no, the boss is coming, and uh, nephew's dancing along in the corridor. And, al- and also,
0: since it's something that we often complain about, you know, the liar revealed trope, he like really shut it down before the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, 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 you're not going anywhere. In fact, I want you to be with me. Yeah. And it worked.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, It works well to make him still likable because there's obviously the whole issue at hand, which is how much of your morality are you willing to sacrifice to climb the ladder and what's it actually worth? And obviously they use it through the prism of romance and love being the key to that, where she finds out about the book and then he is willing to uh, put the blame on somebody else and that is the drawing the line in the sand and he comes he, he 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 does the right thing and then things work out naturally for him and it makes you feel a bit better that he rises to the higher highest echelon because in the way in the end he didn't sell his soul but he did rig like he did manipulate the system there hmm. with the <laughs> i love that whole sequence where he's just like i don't want to take anyone else's idea that's not me <laughs> points to the nephew. <laughs> and then who was the who was the person who put that uh, you know uh bubble headed woman on the TV and then everybody does the same <laughs> thing to the boss He's like oh, I didn't do it, that wasn't me. And then admitting to what ideas he did have, like, yeah, I did come up with this, and then the the chairman nodding along going it was a good idea, it was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> this acknowledging because they're both the same dude, both window washers who somehow climbed up to the top. Really fun. I I, I thought that was some magnificent stuff.
0: Yeah, for a two hour film, it didn't really feel like it.
1: No, it flew by relatively nicely, even though I kind of tuned out for songs, which Mm. again is the the big negative. Uh, uh, I can't think of any other glaring things for me. What about you? This is your first time viewing it. Were there any other kind of things holding you back here? Because, you know, to begin with, you seem like, it was you know, good as uh, mixed bag.
0: It was mainly, yeah, the similar mixed feelings on the songs, and also um, just the the premises uh, that I enjoyed, like, not getting used uh, frequently enough, like, especially the other guy with the book like i mm. really think that because there's a lot that you could have done with that there's so much but then again you know when you think back to okay this is based on uh you know stage musical things kind of have to go fast like some characters mm-hmm. you know whether they stick out a lot or not you know they might only be around for a brief portion and like just uh mm. do their thing yeah but, and i felt like in retrospect like yeah that was that character's thing he didn't really have a song but he he was this the the, they even call him something in the film like the mysterious man, who yeah, we don't know, and then he's he, the mystery man, yep, yeah, and then his secret is you know that he's a loony chipmunk <laughs> uh, university. Alumni. <laughs> I loved
1: his ending where he just really is like and we thrashed him I don't know oh, the whole, a thing the whole, <laughs> the
0: whole build up to like he like our main character goes to the place he gets the ridiculous hat and it's like what is going on here this is
1: like reunion or whatever like it, it's not
0: going to be like a kinky thing like that no and it's just like a silly yeah
1: chipmunk and then it's like, oh, is he's, he's, he's a rival college. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. As soon as
0: the words came up, it's like, oh. And th- I think at that point, like, he does the big smile like he does at the end of the film. And I just burst out laughing. He's yeah. like, oh,
1: I know where this is going. And it went marvelously. And it went
0: marvelously because he did the chant to the boss. Mm. I,
1: I, I thought a really clever sequence of events that made me smile and I thought was really well done was when... He, he reads the book in terms of what happens when he gets a secretary and the dumber the secretary and the less good mm. they are at being it, that means the higher ranked the person is guarding them and protecting mm. them and he immediately <laughs> figures out who it must be <laughs> and how he uses her to get higher up the ladder of power by sending her personally to people and just then making out with her then the guillotine that would fall and then now they're in venezuela and now i'm here (laughs) yeah that was
0: that was this film's version of like the detroit gag from a kentucky Fried film yes
1: (laughs) yes yes Um, but this came first yeah so
0: take that detroit detroit venezuela came first
1: it's weird we haven't heard from detroit in a little while ever since that was revealed that piece of knowledge that 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 this movie came before kentucky fried so just saying detroit's disappeared maybe it has gone to venezuela to hide out from the shame <laughs> of you know being a stolen gag but uh stolen gag jeez. what were stolen valor yeah 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 what were some other moments for you other moments for or me. ideas.
0: Um, let me just scan through the film. Uh, going back to what you were saying before about how '60s the film is. The mm. the the fashion of the secretaries in the film very '60s. It was very oh, yeah. fun to look at.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is, especially uh, the bimboy one. who uh, Hedy, Yeah, her name? yeah, Heddy Larue, whatever. Uh, and when she became the 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 treasure pirate thing and uh the treasure <laughs> girl and her outfits like ludicrous and more ludicrous and her big hat and uh her I
0: enunciation love. on a lot of words was also
1: very fun when she had to swear in the bible <laughs> and she's like is this a real bible <laughs> i wasn't told about that <laughs> it's just the and
0: the slow realization that the boss really screwed things up yeah <laughs> yeah
1: that's why you don't do improv uh because it fucks everything up you don't go off book uh yeah I thought uh one of the moments that I enjoyed was when the nephew character mm. when he uh was at the party and everybody's coming around and then he's like what's happening no no in fact don't tell me or you know he p- blood disease and then as <laughs> soon as he undoes them somebody tells him he's like ah he's <laughs> just Forever in pain, and he was just forever an asshole. It, it's it's very much
0: a fun character to give comeuppance to. Like when he uh, got his promotion, and then it was revealed that the guy who gave him the job, you know, got an even better one. He was like mm. complaining while being carried off. Like no, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also appreciated when uh, when a main guy had to reject the promotion because he's being noble, and this guy deserves it more. The whole phone call exchange there where. <laughs> The guy's repeating what he's saying, and but the guy on the phone can hear what's being said, but he just goes on hmm. and on and on and on. Yeah, comedy, like comedy stuff like that, is what really plays well into the movie. And for a adaptation of a musical, a stage musical, it does a really great job of that. Where there's lots of stuff that's very theatrical. Obviously, the performances are very arched, but that's okay because the cotton candy aesthetic of the movie and the era that it's from allows for that uh, suspension of disbelief because there are some Mm -hmm. times when you watch a thing where you go, this is too much of a play or too much of a stage musical just filmed or whatever. But here, because of the aesthetic and the type of comedy, as well as just, again, have to nail it down, the idea is just such a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You don't give a shit and you like it. You buy into it. And so having the lead performer from the Broadway musical be in the movie, he does a great job. He has screen presence. He knows the role very well. He knows what to do with it. So that helps uh, sell you on it uh, as well. But again, it's just one of those ones where you hear the idea and you go, oh, I'd watch that. Oh, I'd like you didn't know that when no, you yeah. went in to watch it but I mean, if somebody told you that probably would have made you pretty excited to sit down and watch it right if i said to you at some point oh there's this movie called this and it's about this idea of this schmuck who gets a book that teaches him how to succeed in business and like within the matter of a day he he climbs up like half the wrong <laughs> there's of a
0: scene where he's like man I, I don't know where i'm going it's like you know two days in you've achieved what people have been setting out to do their entire adult lives <laughs>
1: yeah uh or uh When he's leaving the junior executive office, he's like, I've had some of the best minutes of my life here. Yeah, yeah, I kept thinking about that line. I'm like, that is the appropriate measurement of time, yeah. (laughs) Because he's barely been there. (laughs) It's so angry with him. Oh, oh, man. Yeah,
0: I I remember um, what you were saying there about, you know, accepting it because it is, you know, musical-based. Like, the very first scene where our two leads, the male and female lead, meet each other. At first I was thinking, like, oh, this is a bit contrived. But then I remember, like, wait, this is a musical. This is totally fine. I, I shouldn't be worrying about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, obviously, there are some things that you raise your eyebrows at from a modern-day lens what? where you go, women, nah, they don't get it real good, but whatever. Yeah, what's that about them not being a toy? Yeah. Like, not? Not? And will they get in the elevator or won't they? Gee whiz women can't make up their mind roll my eyes mm. oh brother yeah and also um and they do things with their hair in the office like
0: crazy things yeah also you know hetty how she has that you know really pronounced bum yeah, yeah and she wiggles it. don't you wanna like smack it? Not only that grab grab and smack maybe bite who knows at one point they mentioned pinching but we never saw pinching i'll do the pinching if you want
1: <laughs> it could be you and then yeah. you can get fired from the boss you could just walk up and go it was me and then he's like you're fired because he was like i didn't think about firing i guess yeah you don't want to you don't want to sacrifice yourself hmm. dear
0: you know you what you don't I... want to be a proud pincher you know i think we need a yeah take a stand okay everyone listening <laughs> everyone listening I think you should treat women with respect. I think we just learned that for the first time here, and I just want to take credit for that. Treat women with respect.
1: and huh? uh, My wife came in to say thank you, so, uh, Bartek. We've got, a,
0: we've got a woman in the room. She wants to say something?
1: Thank you, Bartek.
0: Oh, thank, you're welcome.
1: Thank you, Bartek, for standing up for women's you're rights. You're welcome, and you look very lovely. N- now, don't pinch my wife's <laughs> thumb. That's my word. That's her worth. <laughs> <laughs> That's her worth. Thank you. Special guest appearance by my wife Rachel, who just could not could not handle Bartek's amazing uh wokeism. There, you gone woke, Bartek. So that's what she is, your wife. I think. Yeah, she's my wife. I think that
0: she is her
1: and she's husband's your boss, Rachel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, husband's Rachel. Sure, she's your boss, and my wife. <laughs> the cool. power dynamic in this podcast <laughs> is myself, Rachel, who's. <laughs> rarely ever on, and then you. <laughs> no, no, sorry, sorry. Myself, my wife Rachel, the listening people, <laughs> the mean YouTube commenters, and then you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's okay. That's As a okay. self proclaimed masochist. That's fine. That's a, guys, self proclaimed masochist, and he knows a lot about yiffing. I, and he's single? Come on, everybody. I Get know, on the Bartek trade. I know the words. He is, yeah, sure. Yeah, and you know what it is. It's sex with furries, right? <laughs> yes. Said so innocently. <laughs> I know the word. It's sex with furries, right? Uh, but I'm trying to think if there's much else I want to say about this one. I don't have too much. It's it's a movie I really enjoy. It's just one of those things where... Okay. Okay. Can you think of another thing like this for you, whether it be video game or movie in which you thoroughly enjoyed it, even though one of the core conceits of it, such as a genre mm-hmm. just didn't land for you, but you like it in spite of that. Like I like this movie in spite of the music, I'll never listen to a single song of this again, but I'll happily watch the movie again. And I'll usually see it on stage to see the dance yeah. and the state and the uh, production design and all that stuff live. But I don't give a shit about it being uh, as a musical, which is really something that. If this was any other movie and we sat here saying like, oh, I I like Mad Max, but I fucking don't like his dystopian elements. You can't like Mad Max.
0: The romance was really good, but I don't know what that Jason Voorhees guy, you know, served.
1: (laughs) The sex scenes were really good, but I don't know what that Jason guy did. (laughs) Like, why was he there? And my favorite scene was the guy when he ate uh, uh, enchiladas and he needed to go to the toilet real bad in one of those Friday (laughs) 13th movies. But what was this Jason guy all about? (laughs) See, I love camp movies, like camping trip movies. Yep. But I really don't like this hockey mask guy just walking (laughs) around interrupting (laughs) such a wholesome time. But is there anything like that for you that you can manifest in your brain? I I don't want to limit it to just movies because, yeah, I don't... This is the biggest culprit of it I can think of where i go i knew this walking in being like the musical numbers meant nothing i wish i
0: walked in having that question already be asked so i could have an answer but putting on the spot uh, tough yeah i don't know
1: yeah i can't people if you have something like that for yourself let us know we'll Uh, come back we'll come back next week with a proper answer hear that everybody hold that's a prom. that's
0: not a promise that's a promise (laughs) that's
1: a promise (laughs) thank you so anything else you want to say anything else that you liked didn't like noticed want to discuss um Mm. you said before this podcast that you thought the lead was very reminiscent of jerry lewis
0: yeah i knew knew he wasn't jerry lewis because i didn't recognize any of the names in the opening credits um Uh But yeah, his his physical appearance just kind of reminded me of Jerry Lewis.
1: Yeah, it's I think it comes down to the haircut, a lot Mm. of it, and kind of maybe the buck teeth, the gap toothed teeth a little. I didn't get that vibe as much, except for the like some of the musical dance numbers. He would do that kind of Jerry Lewis silly dance moves. But overall, I thought he's. Performance and his look was different, and it didn't really come to my brain. But mm. if somebody's like you said that, I wouldn't disagree. It was,
0: yeah, it was just like a little physical thing. He definitely didn't sound like Jerry Lewis or, oh, really? Or do anything as super exaggerated. Maybe the grin, but that would have been a bit more maybe toothy with Jerry Lewis.
1: Would this, would the day the clown cried have been a better movie with this guy as the clown?
0: I'd have to see The Day the Clown Cried.
1: Oh, oh hear first. that, Jerry Lewis estate? Bartek needs to see the movie to make, a, make a, uh, you know, a proper statement about that. So next week, Bartek's recommendation will be The Day the Clown Cried, given to us by the Jerry Lewis family estate.
0: Well, I mean, my next pick has to be non-Hollywood, so.
1: I feel like that's very non-Hollywood <laughs> at this point. Wouldn't. What- I don't know enough about that movie. That wasn't made by a real studio, was it? That was, like, an independently done movie. That can't have been made by, like, MGM. I can't imagine they would make that and then let it be Mm. shelved like that for, like, 100 years.
0: Yeah, that's the impression I got that it was... Because it's always associated to Jerry Lewis. Yeah, he has
1: has it, like, in a vault and he's shown it to a couple of people, including people from The Simpsons for some fucking reason. I'm pretty sure, like, Harry Shearer or somebody from The Simpsons
0: has seen it. (laughs) Yeah, I think there was, like, some... I couldn't say if it was Simpson or not, but I think there was, like, some modern celebrity who's seen it that, like, surprised me. Like, oh, you've seen it?
1: Yeah, someone like Seth MacFarlane or some weirdo, co- like, yeah. I almost comedy say, person. I There's, almost wanted to
0: say Seth Rogen, but
1: that doesn't sound Could right. you imagine Seth Rogen's... I mean, he is Jewish. <laughs> Maybe he has an opinion on it, too, from a modern-day Jewish perspective. I'd love to hear <laughs> Seth Rogen's film analysis of <laughs> Day the Clown Cry. the guy who brought us *Such smash... Smash, it says, the... Uh, the Green Hornet. The Green Hornet. What was that movie that almost started a war with North Korea? <laughs> the interview. <laughs> the interview. Remember when that was a thing? Yeah. How we almost went to war with uh, an evil country because, an evilly run country because Seth Rogan and James Franco made a dick and fart jokes comedy set there. Yeah, it was,
0: it was really sad. I, I
1: I couldn't believe it. Pumbaa?
0: Did you enter the studio? I am Pumbaa. Yeah, I'm Pumba. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pumbaa. Yeah, Taylor the Clown Cried. It made me cry. (laughs) I've always been a bit of a clown.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And now he plays Santa Claus. Did you know that? Seth Rogen made a- a, He plays Saint Nicholas? He he made an animated, like, stop-motion animated show that everybody hates. Oh. (laughs) In which he plays Santa Claus, and Sarah Silverman plays an elf who wants to become the new Santa because it's very sexist that there hasn't been a female Santa, and everybody hates the show because it's poorly written- and the it's he, very bad, and he, and he
0: should stick to Hanukkah.
1: Well, there was that comment actually. One oh, really? of the controversial statements was people very upset that it, uh, a Jewish, uh, like an open Jew, was playing Santa, and he had a whole statement about it. And there's a whole back and forth, back and forth. I'm not going to go over it too much because <laughs> that's not this movie. Uh, would you recommend? I would. I mean,
0: like you said, it was. It's got a very fun premise, and it follows through on that. Even though there are a few points where I feel like you know could have. Uh, improved in general, like it hits all the beats you want.
1: I'm not surprised Julio loves this. He's one of his favorite musicals is "Dirty Rotten Scoundrels" the musical, which is very reminiscent to this. In uh, I haven't even so, heard of that. Mm-hmm, it's an adaptation of the movie. Interesting. And Julio had not seen the movie until recently, but had grown like loves the musical. So
0: does the musical have a film adaptation, or did he see it? No, no.
1: He he. I don't know what Julio's background is. It, but but the soundtracks on the usual places you can listen to john lithgow is the michael Caine role so he's good casting good ca- I, i'll tell you that like it, there are good musical numbers in that but it's the type of musical that is i can see this being something that you listen to along with it as well mm. uh but uh i can see why he likes this i i like this movie i like the movie the song's not my thing but i will love it in spite of that anyway uh Bartek, it is your time to recommend a film that we'll be covering on the next one my time it's your time unless my wife storms into the studio and says it's actually my time you weak man and then she steps on you and you <laughs> never come back <laughs> and but i enjoy it because oh oh, 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 oh and it. he likes it yes and i like uh, it and i like it says Bartek as he That's your wife. That's your wife, Ryan. That's my wife, (laughs) (laughs) Bartek. I married her so that I can be allowed to say these comments. Wasn't
0: Rachel the first um, listening choice person for Dark Knight Rises?
1: I would say so. Yeah, I would say so.
0: But this is me time. It is you time. I am recommending. Now, look, it's been a while since we've done an Australian film. Oh, has it? Yes. Um, Really. And I thought of this film before you picked Idiot Box, so I like i've had my thunder taken but idiot box again idiot box again <laughs> <laughs> no this one's older than idiot box this is a 1992 film called i don't think anyone's heard of it. it's it got some crow guy it's called romper stomper
1: uh, <laughs> i have that i have that ready to watch actually it's in my dvd collection I I've, watched got, it. I've, I've, I've seen it before but uh, I... i've only seen it once Oh, good. Oh, well. We'll be unlike David Stratton, famous Australian film <laughs> critic. We'll actually review the movie. Yeah, bravely. We'll talk about that next yeah. week. I seem to recall it having, you
0: know, a lot of friendliness towards Vietnamese people. So. Oh, when and,
1: yeah. and people in general. Yeah. And Footscray. Oh, and it's got Footscray, the <laughs> suburb. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and it's is it well? We'll talk about it next time. But it's weird how little it has changed in appearance. But we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, so, Romper Stomper, a famous Russell Crowe movie, and I would say just like a famous movie, right? Yeah. I think when lots of people think of Russell, they'll go through the usual candidates, uh, Gladiator, Master in Command, uh, obviously obviously, uh, Man, Man of, of Steel. Steel. <laughs> oh, and, and don't forget The Mummy, where he plays Jekyll. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Everybody would go through that. Oh, that Ridley Scott movie that you did after Gladiator called, like, I think it's called A Good Year, in which, no joke, the movie is made because Ridley Scott wanted to make a personal challenge for himself. Do you know this? Ridley Scott wanted to make a personal challenge for himself, which was, can I somehow be able to film this down the road from where I live? (laughs) And it's at a vineyard, so, so, and it's just a movie with a bunch of his actor friends and production people, in which he didn't have to drive more than and, ten minutes and, away. And hold on,
0: who did you say the director was? M. Night Shyamalan?
1: No, no, Ridley Scott. <laughs>
0: Ridley, Ridley Scott. Did he have to make the whole location like a hotel? For no, this it was film? just down the road. It was just, okay. and then he could just go back. It already, home. It already existed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just. Oh man. M. Thing. Night wishes he had that luck. Oh, M. Night has to build a whole fucking apartment complex <laughs> <laughs> to be able to still film in his fucking city oh man so we'll be talking about what are we talking about rumpa stumper like are we doing a good year next one of the most boring films ever because it is literally just a camera pointed at some actors having a really nice time at ridley scott's place down the road uh ridley scott one of the craziest filmmakers because he's just nuts do you remember that quote he had some quote. I have to get it from. don't know why I'm going in this Ridley Scott tangent when he did not direct Romper Stomper. I think I just associate Russell Crowe and Ridley Scott together because they did a few movies. Mm-hmm. Some of them good. <laughs> Most of them not, if we're really going to look at them. But uh, yeah, he he had some quotes about like the new Blade Runner when it was coming out that was just crazy nonsense that would come out of him. And then he would say stuff like... In reference to it, then he would just randomly abruptly cut it off with, and I like beavers and butthead. And you're like, what does this have to do with anything, Ridley? But that is enough Ridley Scott fun. You can find us on the social media platforms of Facebook and Twitter, Spit and Polish Presents. Make sure to give Rumpus Stomper a, uh, a look in in the interim of time. You can email us at Web where, where can people email us?
0: You can email us by putting in the email address, Spit and polished at gmail.com
1: and the password to that email is of is of course it is spelt with a y capital y mm-hmm. lowercase i mm-hmm. f lowercase mm-hmm. f lowercase mm-hmm. yep. i lowercase mm-hmm. n mm-hmm. lowercase yep. G. Yep.
0: G. you're fine you're you fingy. 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 oh you is it just one
1: f or two it's
0: two Oh, <laughs> I'm putting my foot down. It is two.
1: You have a foot, not a, not a, not a paw. <laughs> <Put down>. <laughs> <laughs> not a not <lab>, lobster claw, <laughs> or, <a hoof. laughs> or, yeah, a claw or a paw, <laughs> uh, or, or or some kind of flipper. Oh, uh, brother, that's, tentacle. Oh, don't even get those hentai people excited at the idea of you having tentacles, Bartek. If you had a tentacle, it would be so big it would destroy a hospital. Would you hug me if I had tentacles? I'd want you to open things that I have in the house, like <laughs> jars and stuff, because I know you could do it real easy. Hmm. I'd help. I'd help you, my friend. I'd Thank you.
0: Yeah. You know, I always um when we talk about the uh, email, I always sometimes want to say the password itself just to make you edit it out.
1: <laughs> no, you're a <laughs> bastard.